is up, Miami Dolphin fans? Welcome to another episode of the Same Old Dolphin Show. Uh, I'm getting used to this solo thing. Josh's excuse this week is uh, he's he's laid up in bed. Uh, you know, I guess losing his voice. Uh, he got it back, but maybe the losing his voice was just a precursor of the sickness to come because now he is laid up in bed and unable to do much of anything, let alone record a podcast. So he's left me to my own devices, and uh, here I am again with another solo preview show, this time previewing the Miami Dolphins' upcoming matchup, Week 15 matchup against the New York Giants, and... This is one of those uh those Tua Bowls that we that we talked about earlier in the season that we would see a few of and kind of the ones that we had headlined the the ones that we circled at the beginning of the year were uh the two coming up the one against the Giants the one against the Bengals we ended up with potentially a couple of extra ones with those games against the Jets because the Jets were worse than we thought uh and now uh the circumstances have changed a bit with the the Tua Tungavailoa injury and Joe Burrow being the odds on favorite to be the number 1 pick and so you don't you're not sure whether to call this the Burrow Bowl or the Tua Bowl and then the fact that the Bengals seem to have not necessarily quite a lock on the number 1 pick but certainly the inside track on the number 1 pick and Tua if he comes out Certainly looks like uh, he would be the second quarterback taken, uh, provided the doctors look at him and say that he's healthy. So maybe this is still the Tua Bowl. Uh, but whether you call it the Burrow Bowl, the Tua Bowl, or just a matchup of two really bad football teams, it is a game whose biggest significance is the draft order for the upcoming 2020 draft. And these are two teams that currently sit second and fourth in that draft order. Uh, the Giants currently in that number two spot. The Dolphins currently in that number four spot. And this game could go a long way towards determining the top three, the top four, the top five of the 2020 NFL draft. Just taking a peek at the Tankathon standings currently. And... The Giants with a, with a weaker strength of schedule and with games remaining against the Redskins and Cowboys while the Dolphins have the Bengals and Patriots. I don't believe that if we end up tied, if the Dolphins end up tied with the Giants, that, uh, we will leapfrog them. So if, if the goal is to get ahead of the Giants in the draft, because you want to get ahead of the Giants who want Chase Young. And in the event that Tua doesn't come out or the Dolphins aren't sold on taking Tua at that spot, you want to put yourself in a position to be ahead of the Giants who seem to be all in on Chase Young. So maybe you can put yourself into a position where you could trade down and get potentially a, a first round pick from next year. Uh, if the goal is to get in front of the Giants, well, the first thing you got to do is you got to lose this game. And then you've got to hope that the uh, Giants are able to beat the Redskins next week. And that would be a 50-50 game. So there's certainly the the chance of that happening. 
And the Dolphins still with an outside shot at that number one pick. But to do so, they're going to need to lose and they're going to need to get help. Uh, I would say at this point, the best the Dolphins could hope for is to get into that number two spot in the draft. But you never know. Uh, look, we got the Bengals next week. And uh, I mean, certainly the Bengals playing the, the Patriots this week. That certainly <laughs> that, that that would be a shocking uh, loss. But uh, after the Dolphins and Bengals meet up next week, the Bengals close the season out with a home game against the Browns. And that's a winnable game. And if they go out there playing to win that game, uh, motivated to win, and and the Browns, who've had a disappointing season to say the least, end up just kind of just kind of showing up and and not really having their hearts in it. That's a game that the Bengals could win. And if the Bengals were to beat Miami and then beat the Browns, Miami would definitely uh, have the tiebreaker over. Cincinnati as far as draft order because the Bengals at a 576 strength of schedule have by far the highest strength of schedule of any of the teams that are vying for that top draft pick. In fact, currently in the entire NFL, the the Bengals have the highest strength of schedule at 576. I'm not sure that it would stay that way after, after playing Miami and Cleveland, but Certainly, uh, any, any tie with the Bengals, uh, the Dolphins would have, and just about any team, uh, would have the tiebreaker as far as getting the better draft pick. So Miami still with an outside shot at the number one pick, but in order to get there, they're going to need to lose. They're going to need to lose out. And, uh, that's going to be difficult because these next two games are very winnable games. Now, this week, Miami comes in as, Last I check, a three and a half point underdog to the Giants. That means Vegas is telling you that they they think that these two teams are are basically on par with one another, and because it opened up as a three point favorite, uh, as a three point line in favor of the Giants, which tells you that Vegas thought that these two teams were totally even. It would be a pick'em game on neutral on a neutral site, uh, but you always get three points for the for the home field, so. Vegas thinks that it's an even matchup. I I think, uh, you know, both of these teams have been playing close football games as of late. Uh, but the Giants uh, seem to be kind of moving in the wrong direction. It wasn't all that long ago that you looked at the at the Giants. Put it, at, at one point in the season, the Giants were two and two, and they were coming off of back to back wins. And it seemed like, yeah, this team, while they'll, they'll probably have a top 10 pick, this team's probably not going to be in the tankathon, but that just, uh, <laughs> that was, uh, before a stretch of really poor play hampered this team. And at this point, I think most people would say that the Dolphins are playing better football than the New York Giants. Of course, Eli Manning got back into the game, got back into, uh, his starting role last week and almost pioneered a road Monday night victory at Philadelphia. And so I tend to think that with the end in sight for Eli Manning's career and the way the team kind of rallied around him, granted they lost, they, they built a 17 to three lead and couldn't hang on. 
But uh, the way that they played against Philadelphia is encouraging, depending on how you want to look at it. It's encouraging for Giants fans that want to see their team play better. And it's encouraging for Dolphins fans that want to see the Dolphins lose this game. Because we're going to see Eli Manning again in this game. And I think he gives the, the Giants a better chance of winning. Daniel Jones... Certainly the, the Giants seem to be happy with him as their starting quarterback. He's out because of injury, but he's turned the ball over a ton. And not that Eli Manning is exactly known for, for taking care of the ball. He's a guy who certainly has uh, the reputation of turning the ball over a ton in his own right. But, but Daniel Jones has made Eli Manning uh, look like Chad Pennington in the way that he's protecting the ball, in the in the way that he's not turning the ball over. So I do believe that Eli Manning gives the Giants the best chance of winning this game. Uh, the Dolphins dealing with a couple more injuries in their secondary. Ken Webster is going to be out for this game. And also Ryan Lewis, both of those guys, Added to the injured reserve as it seems a, a weekly uh, routine now of the Dolphins adding a couple of players from their secondary to the injured reserve. So going to be more inexperience in that secondary as the Dolphins try to try to play out the string here. It's it's really unreal how how many injuries and how many times they've had to shuffle things on the defensive side of the ball, in particular in that secondary. Uh, I believe it was, the number is 78. 78 is the record for the number of offensive and uh, number of players to take an offensive or defensive snap, uh, just at least one snap over the course of an NFL season. That was the record. And the Dolphins are well on their way to breaking. In fact, if at this rate, they might actually shatter they, the record. They might actually get to the 78 this week. So it's just another, another fact that, uh, really underscores just kind of how miraculous it is that this team with a bunch of undrafted free agents, with just spending half of their salary cap on players that aren't even on the roster. And the the team has still managed to win three games. And, uh, you know, some people will look at it and say, they've got a good chance of winning four or five games by the time this thing is, is over. And we'll, we'll know more about that once we get through Sunday. But as for this game, I think that, the inexperience in the secondary, also Nick Needham dealing with a groin injury uh, has been limited in practice. And that just further probably complicates the defensive game plan against a Giants team. But look, it's not a great Giants team and it's not a great Giants offense, but they do have talent at the skill position and they've got speed at the skill positions at, at wide receiver. And I think that's going to give our, our secondary some trouble and, we're going to need to be also eyeing Saquon Barkley because that's the, I mean, he is the centerpiece. He is the, the ultimate chess piece for that Giants offense. So he's the guy that you've got to key on. The Dolphins have not stopped the run very well this year. And Saquon Barkley, uh, is an elite 
talent. He has not produced at an elite level this year. Uh, most of that due to the talent around him. It's not a very good Giants offensive line. But the Dolphins, like I said, they it's it's not a very good Dolphins front seven or front six or whatever you want to call it when it comes to stopping the run or putting pressure on the on the quarterback or anything of the sort. So I think they're going to have trouble with Saquon Barkley. I think between Slayton and Shepard and Golden Tate, I think that this inexperienced secondary is going to have their hands full. And I believe that playing at home, Eli Manning, kind of a last hurrah, I think he's going to have a big game. And I think this is going to be a troublesome effort for the Dolphins defense. On the other side of the ball, there will be opportunities for the Dolphins offense. The Giants, one of the worst pass defenses in the league. Uh, we know the Dolphins can't run the ball, so we don't even need to talk about that because no matter who we go up against, we're not running the ball with any kind of success unless it's Ryan Fitzpatrick running the ball for 50, 60 yards just to make the stats look better uh, doing it out of scrambles because there aren't a whole lot of designed runs for Ryan Fitzpatrick. So we're going to have to take to the air. Devontae Parker and Albert Wilson are both in the concussion protocol. This feels like, you know, based on the the precautions that we've been taking all year long and the fact that every time a Dolphin gets injured and is any kind of questionable, we seem to be holding them out. It would seem to me to make sense to hold both of those guys out of this game and that severely will hamper our offense it will be it'll be interesting to see if Ryan Fitzpatrick can make this offense go without those guys with just Alan Hearns and uh Mike Gesicki and oh who else Isaiah Ford Mac Hollins uh, Trevor Davis might make an appearance this week uh the Dolphins throwing more nobodies out there I think this is going to be a rough day uh, I think we'll keep it close because the Dolphins will have a good scheme and will be motivated to play hard. And I think that's the best thing that you could say about Brian Flores and his coaching staff all year long is that he's had this team ready to play. Uh, you could say, I mean, you, you could argue that maybe that wasn't the case before the bye. But since the bye, the Dolphins have been competitive each and every week. They have played hard. They've played mostly disciplined football and they've had a, a pretty good game plan going into those games. I don't want to say that they're going to be overmatched in this game, but I just think at at a certain point, you just run out of bodies. And even though the Giants aren't a very good football team, they've got more fresh bodies than the Miami Dolphins do and more talented fresh bodies than the Dolphins do. So I think that the Dolphins give a spirited effort in this one, but... The Giants, led by Eli Manning, throwing a pair of touchdown passes. I think Saquon Barkley gets into the end zone. And the Giants win this game, not going away. I think the Dolphins kind of maybe keep it interesting for a little bit. But ultimately, the Giants pull away. And the Giants come away with a 27-17 to Ah, I don't even know if the Dolphins can score 17 points, honestly. I, I don't know. The more I think about it, the more I think the Giants are going to just kind of maybe maybe the Dolphins keep this thing close for a half and then the Giants kind of 
open up the floodgates a little bit. I'm going to say the Giants win this one 27 to 10. Because I just don't think the Dolphins are going to be able to score, you know, with no Devontae Parker, no Albert Wilson, obviously our terrible offensive line and no running game. I just don't know how we're going to put points up on the board. And I do think we're going to have our hands full with the Giants skill position players. So yeah, that's what I'm going with. I'm going with Giants 27, Miami 10 in probably the ugliest game that the Dolphins will have played uh, probably since pre-bye week, uh, which uh, will probably discourage people some if that's the end result. But at the end of the day, you just got to look at it and say, look, we, we started as a team with no talent and the injuries are just mounting and, and now we're we're playing with with basically a semi-pro team out there. We're we're basically playing with a semi-pro offense, but with Ryan Fitzpatrick at quarterback. And it's look, I love Ryan Fitzpatrick and everything that he brings to the table, but it's not like you know Ryan Fitzpatrick is a bottom tier quarterback in the in the NFL. So it's <laughs> you you got a bottom tier quarterback and a semi-pro lineup on offense. I'd be surprised if the Dolphins were able to find much more than 10 points in this game. So that's what I'm going with. And look, that would be good news for the tankathon, for the, for the, for fans of the tank, because that will put the Dolphins right there. It will put us tied with the Giants. Hopefully the Redskins can give us some help with a victory and we'll be right there going into the last couple of weeks of the season, setting up a huge matchup against the Cincinnati Bengals next year, next season, uh, and next year, next season. I mean, that's where my head's at. This season has been so long. I just want it to end, but, but next week would be the huge matchup between the Dolphins and the Cincinnati Bengals. And if the Dolphins were able to lose that, it would literally come down to the final game of the season. Uh, the Dolphins playing the Patriots, the Bengals playing the Browns. If the Dolphins lose and the Bengals win, the Dolphins would end up with the number one pick and the rights to draft, whether they feel their guy is Tua or whether they are sold on Joe Burrow, the Dolphins would put themselves in the position to get their quarterback of the future or to get a bevy of picks for a team that wants to trade up to get Burrow. And then the Dolphins could be in a position to get all of those picks, trade down, Maybe they take Tua or maybe they just use all of that draft capital to ensure that they can trade up to get Trevor Lawrence or Justin Fields next year. But regardless, that number one pick is still the ultimate prize. And the Dolphins, while they aren't anymore the favorites to get there, they have the opportunity still in their grasp if they can get some help and they can lose out. So... For Amplified to Rock. Oh, and and by the way, make sure that you're going to DolphinsTalk.com, your one-stop shop for everything Dolphins, uh, for everything Miami Dolphins. Uh, Mike and the gang do a great job on there. So if you're following us through their website, thank you for checking out DolphinsTalk.com. Thank you for checking out the podcast and listening to uh, us and me every week uh, as we do, as we get down the end of this this grind of a season, this season that had no expectations. Uh, for me, it it hasn't been the worst season to endure. For me, last year was far worse to endure because there were expectations and it was so disappointing. And then you got to a point where 
you just realize that the, this team isn't any good, and then they teased you with the the Miami miracle, only to lose out the rest of the way. Uh, to me, it's much easier to stomach uh, what they're doing this year, knowing that it's it's by design that they've torn the thing down. And they're taking a step back and they've put themselves in position to really build this thing the right way. And it's, it's, it's much less stressful, uh, to watch them because at the end of the day, you don't care so much if they win or lose. If, if anything, you know, I've been cheering for them to lose. I still, of course, want them to play well. I have been impressed with, with Brian Flores and the coaching staff. So hopefully, you, you will see them play hard. You won't see them quit, but hopefully you will see them get another loss and get one step closer to that number one pick and set up the monster matchup between the Dolphins and the Bengals next week. So for Amplified to Rock, this is Aaron the Brain saying, Go Dolphins!